I don't like to label anything. If it comes to art, that's the worst way to stay creative is to give yourself a box. People say that if you change from day to day or if you change from a year to next year, that you don't know who you are, that you're lost. And I think that means that you're found. This is iHeartRadio's Label Defiers with Zico Coconut Water, where we rip off labels to reveal the sides of your favorite artists and celebrities you didn't know. We get to know the real them. Label Defiers was created with our friends at Zico Coconut Water, who encourage you to read the label to see what's inside. Zico, what's inside is everything. I'm Elvis Duran, and welcome. This is our debut episode of Label Defiers. It's iHeartRadio's newest podcast. It's always been a dream of mine to sit down with artists and rather talk about the stuff we read about them in the tabloids and all the rumors that are out there. I want to talk to them about what they're passionate about. What do they want to talk about? Because that's how we truly figure out what makes an artist tick. What makes them real? And I can't think of a better person who's more real and true to themselves and follows her own heart and voice more than the unforgettable Miley Cyrus. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. By the way. And they told me the name of this thing was Label Defiers. I'm like, well, how do I live up to the title? So I guess people put a label on you yeah. because of what they read or what they assume. I want you to defy it. You know, If I ask you any question that seems to be going down a road that you're just, no, that's not true. Just call it out. Okay, cool. I like that idea. All right. Mm-mm. So Malibu, of course, is uh, the first single from this album that's supposed to come out sometime this year. Yep, later this year, which I still can't figure out exactly a a date because there's so many different things going on, even with the voice now. You know, you are so, so vocal in your desire to help people, Mm -hmm. to make sure people who don't have a voice have a voice. So you're talking about your organization also going out to Pride festivities across the country. Why don't you just record your song and go home? Why do you think you really need to be out there helping people? Because I also really think that for me, when I get to perform, when I get to go to somewhere like Pride or last night I played a, like a pretty intimate show for just 100 fans or something last night. And human contact is a nice thing. You know, people forget how important it is to like communicate with people. I think if people spent less time, you know, of all of us staring at our cell phones or thinking about being in survival mode and thinking about ourselves. And actually, if you can like communicate and kind of connect with people, I think that's what keeps me going to write more music as I actually want to connect with people. It was really a great time to play Inspired in Manchester because you actually got to see the way your songs can affect people and the way that they can heal people and use music for its full potential instead of just to have something played on the radio. But Miley, when you do a show like the Manchester concert, do you walk off stage and have like a, do you feel drained? You know, sometimes like I think touring also can be really draining because it's something that's every night and you're giving so much and you don't always have those moments to like replenish, I guess, yourself because you're doing something every day. For me, after Manchester, I went straight back home to Nashville and was with my family. How proud my dad was of me, my mom. And, you know, of course, for them, even it was kind of torn for them as like parents to know that during this time of where I went to travel and went straight to Manchester and there were some attacks in London earlier that day and just knowing that it's more important for me than to think of my own comfort and to put myself out there and to be brave and go and do that show was something that my parents were really proud of and so it definitely makes it worth it but I think I kind of go and take that time to be with my family which always fills me back up again if I'm feeling kind of like I've given a lot. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Does your battery charge up when you're alone or when you're with other people? As I am with everything, it's a little bit of both. There's times where I really want to have like alone time. Even now, like just being on this tour, not having my seven dogs has been really hard because that's kind of my 
big charge up because I'm never alone because I have seven dogs, two pigs, the three cats. So when yeah. I recharge is like alone, but also with the animals, I really am like so lucky that we have animals to be like our therapy. The thing about them is they don't know who I am. They have no idea that I'm out here promoting my music. They don't know like who their mommy is. So I know that they just really love me for me and let me be with them and cuddle them. There's not many people in the world that give me that freedom. They don't care if you stink. Um, I always think, you don't care if I stink, you're sitting pretty close. No, no, you smell okay today. You did say you wouldn't touch my feet, which kind of hurt my feet. I'm feelings. not in the feet. You don't need to like lick them, I just wanted you to rub them. Yeah. So the theme with you typically is family. In hearing you talk about doing something like a Manchester concert and then having home yeah. to go to. I mean, home, of course, is more than just a house and a bunch of acreage. It's this warm, pulsating place where your family's hanging out and mom's food yeah. is like in the kitchen and, and stuff they, like yeah, that. Yeah, my mom's microwavable oatmeal. Yeah. That's pretty much it. She's going to kill me, but that is. She's made two things my whole life. Oatmeal and baked ziti. That's well, who the only cooks? Thing Your dad? The Postmates was invented for the Cyrus family. Oh, okay. Because that's pretty much what happens. Takeout happens a lot. My grandma, my actually both my grandmas, and they always make on Thanksgiving two separate dinners because they both think that their recipes are the best. So my mom's mom and my dad's mom both have the best stuffing. So they make both, and then they fight the whole time about why one's is better than the other, and then sometimes we'll switch them around on you so you don't know whose is whose. So you can like really make a huge mistake by saying, oh, this one is really, really good. I love the stuffing. Because then you might say it's mammals and not mammies. And then you've got like mammy on your case. So my grandmas are really the ones that cook. This sounds like a weird psychological food fight. I know. You don't understand. My grandmas could not be more opposite. My dad and mom, they're kind of opposite in their own way too. So Thanksgiving, it always ends in a fist fight. We've never had one holiday where we don't end up someone bleeding. That's the way it's supposed to be, isn't Exactly. It? That's what holidays are all about. So going home to the family, it's obvious. I mean, we must assume that the family unit is just your energy. That's your battery. I mean, yeah. you yeah, always think, know home is there for you no matter how good or bad a day you had. Yeah, for sure. Especially even with like Noah now being on the road, she really understands more than ever kind of how I feel and how draining it is. Because I think even my brothers and sisters, they always kind of felt like I went on stage and my life was just like, it, she kind of understands how hard it is now. Because my dad... Um, always really understood. So he was the one that I could always vent to. And my mom traveled with me on the road a lot. So she knew how much I was always going through. And But my brothers and sisters, what I love about them too is Noah, she's a horseback rider. So her priorities were always her horses. Right. And my brother, he's an artist. So doing his art, taking his photos, directing, whatever it is, now having someone that really understands how hard it can be when you're away from home for a month. Me and my little sister have a new bond over that, I think. So now that Noah's out on she the She loves me more now that she knows that I actually do something. Wait, right, yeah, so she you... always thought I did nothing and that I just went and put two wigs on. She was like... Well, did you warn her? Did you say, I'm telling you right now, Noah, she it's going to be X, Y, and Z. She didn't even tell me that this is really happening. All of a sudden, which I think she just wanted to really do it on her own. So I'm really proud of her that she did because I think she didn't really involve me as much because she definitely keeps me involved more now, but I think she just wanted to get on her own two feet without this having to do anything with me. Right. Well, do you tried to protect her or you just say hey she's got to figure it out on her own i do i always i really help other people because when you're in this industry adults treat kids like adults you know and i just think the way that people judge too or when people would write articles on me when like i was a kid going through all the times of having crazy breakouts or like going through breakups or whatever i was going through people would treat me like i could handle these comments like i was an adult like i had this thick skin and i think too it makes you get jaded and makes you garden and i don't ever want her to get 
like that. Well, and also it changes who you are. You may yeah, or your style or the way that you think because you want to please people. So I really hope that she never feels those pressures, and then I hope other people respect her and don't actually try to make her something she's not because she has the best style. She's been my style icon since she was like six. She posted a photo the other day of her at five years old, six years old with pink hair. Right. Noah's always been punk rock. Noah is my punk rock icon. There are some photos. If you Google young Noah, you will see why she is so much cooler than me. Do you find that with social media being, I guess it's an important link with your fans. I mean, how much do you depend on it? I think it's the best, and I think it's also great for new artists. I have people ask me all the time, like, how would you suggest to get started? Like, how, if I want to be a musician, what would I do? And I think the platform that we have as young people is amazing because now we get to use like social media, which someone like my dad, he loves now. If he wants to make a song, he doesn't have to make an entire record anymore. He wrote a song for the Stanley Cup, which Predators we lost, but he was very excited about that. And he just wrote a song about it and just put it on Instagram or put it on YouTube. And so for people to have that kind of place where you can just get your music out there to millions of people like whenever you want is very, very cool. So what's your advice for people who are sifting through the negative BS that's out there aimed toward them on I told social Noah, media. I'll keep your comments turned off. I love that Instagram has that as a feature. Right. Never read anything that anyone says about you. So we, Don't Google yourself. You did read it, obviously. You couldn't turn it off. And, and actually, I was head. a part of that with Instagram. I went to the head tip top of Instagram and said that I couldn't be on the platform anymore if they didn't start making it a place that artists really can express themselves and not be completely verbally abused when you do so. See, so it's almost like you need to hire an editor to edit Yeah, go through things. and it feels really good when you read and say, we love this song so much, whatever, but it's not worth all the things that can maybe stick with you. People too can become very cowardly and they can be very opinionated like anonymously instead right. of actually if they saw you, they'd probably ask you for a selfie. But at the end of the day, 99.9% of it is all positive, warm love. Well, when you're lucky, fans. yeah. 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 I've kind of shut that down in a way too because I don't think people by attacking me get the thrill that they want. I would lie if I said, okay, nothing ever affects me, but I've been doing this now for so long and I've been doing it in a different generation than a lot of people have experienced. Like from the time I really started being like in this industry as an entertainer, I've always been around like social and feedback and people having this outlet where they can just completely word vomit what they think about you. Word vomit is a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. All right, got to take a refreshment break. We created this game with Zico. It's called the What's Inside Game. So what I'll do, Miley, is I'll give you rapid-fire questions, and you just say the first thing that pops into your head. Let's play the game. You ready? Let's go. Think fast. The last thing you Googled. You don't want to know. Why not? You don't want to know. Is it, like, filthy dirty? Probably. Okay. The last thing you ate. Uh, Guacamole. I smell like it now. (laughs) I just pulled a huge chunk of it out of my teeth before I came in here. Favorite person to follow on social media and why? Anyone entertaining you that you, you know, um, keep up with them? I mostly follow a lot of puppy sites. Like, I follow Doug the Pug, and he's really cute. Okay, cool. Your favorite thing to cook, if you do? I pretend I'm a really good cook. Like, I do, like, stir fries because you kind of can't mess it up. Right. Because you just use, like, frozen everything and then microwave some rice and call it a day. When's the last time you ate meat? Three years ago. Your favorite morning ritual? If you don't do it, you feel like you're not in your day. Ugh, yoga. And I didn't do it today. That's why I'm evil. I seem insane. I thought you had an Uh, edge. Yeah, I don't feel right. Who's your go-to person for advice? My mom. Who's your role model? My mom. What are you most proud of? Happy hippie. Yeah. The best advice you ever received? My dad. A trying time is no time to quit trying. He said he wrote it, and then I drove by a church and saw it on the sign. And realized that my dad lied about something that was Well, maybe church. the church ripped off your dad. Yeah, so after he dies, 
I keep my finger crossed because he lied about a church. That's worse <laughs> than anything I've done. Maybe they I may have gotten off. naked a lot, but my dad lies about church. The one thing you cannot live without, period. My puppies. Like, okay, if you're in idle mode, what do you think about the most? What do I think about the most? Yeah, what do you just think like about? Cats. I don't. Okay, cats. literally cats. That was the first thing I said to you today. Yeah, you. I mentioned about, about cats, but you have puppies. Puppies, I can't live without because I love my puppies. Like I don't love them more than my cats, but like my puppies have been there for me in harder times. My cat jumped on my face. I posted a photo. I'll, I'll show it on my Instagram and like actually sat on top of my head, just attacking my head because it got scared of my dog, and it went on the very top of a shelf and jumped on my head and attacked me. You're supposed to do that. I just don't like how cats turn. Cats want you dead. You <laughs> I think that. about them a lot and think about how they should be less lioness. On days when it does matter, or moments when it does matter, what do you want people to think about you? I want people to think about what I do with Happy Hippie. I want people to think about what I say in my music. I want people to think about songs like Inspired. I want people to think about how I write my lyrics and really let people into my life and encourage you know, people to be themselves. And when people tell you how moved they are by your music and it actually changes their life. It's the best thing ever in the entire world. I saw a bunch of young kids last night outside of a show that I was doing. It was young gay boys. The fact that I started Happy Hippie, each person feels like I started it just for them. And in their own way, they've had their own story of how it's changed their life. And that's the best thing that I could ask for. Because I know how it feels like to feel like you don't fit in and to make them feel like they belong. And that can be the Happy Hippie family. That's like the raddest ever. So do you feel like you finally fit in? No. I'm the freak. No. And I love it and I'm proud to be a freak. Yeah. I'll never fit in. Excellent. Why would you want to end No. Never life? fit in. Stand out always. I agree. Just three words to describe yourself. Oh, happy hippie because all I do is promote my foundation right and free those are great words free with every answer you give for every question I ask, the answer is ready to go. You seem totally into what you I just what know what I'm saying, yeah. Well, you know what you're saying. but I you... don't got to think of what I say in the last thing so I can well, make no, no. sure I'm not lying. Well, my point is you've got this confidence going. But you have said in past interviews with me anyway that right before you go on stage to perform. Yeah. You've I've got... gotten better. You've I got, got to see you in Miami and I've gotten better not being so nervous like I'm going to throw up. Because you don't seem like you're nervous when you're up there. You don't look like you're about to vomit. It's gotten better. I always feel like I'm about to vomit, but it's gotten a lot, lot better. And I think it's because I got off the horse I like sat in my voice chair where I watched everyone else perform I wasn't performing for I guess a year or two that I wasn't on tour and I don't know what happened to me where I just felt like I don't know I've never had that happen in my life I was telling you where I've ever gotten as nervous as I was just a few months ago and I think the response from my fans seeing like how open they are with my new music and watching them sing back has refueled my confidence you ever had an anxiety attack where yeah. it just takes over and yeah. you're like I don't know why I feel like I'm just gonna pass out and black right. out I would just feel that and it would be a full on anxiety attack but then I realized that my biggest enemy wasn't anyone in the audience it wasn't anyone behind the camera it was my brain so myself you think I gotta get out there and prove something to everyone I've got and I've I got didn't even know you know the worst thing about anxiety is you're freaking out about the anxiety which isn't real. And right. what I think people also don't understand is that anxiety kind of is actually real. It's not to say your feelings are not valid. For me, I had to go back to what yoga is all about, which is like stilling the mind, feeling myself be grounded, feeling the weight in my feet again. That helped me a lot actually was like feeling my hands be really weighted, feeling my feet be really grounded on the floor instead of, you know, when you're having anxiety, all your nerves are up here and you just feel like you can't find yourself again and feel the weight. And I think my fans really helped me do that of like, just get back into the groove of what it feels like to be on stage. There's such a thing 
thin line. I think we've talked about this between anxiety and excitement. Yeah. And the so, butterflies. Yeah, you never know. To be able to understand those butterflies you have in your stomach, it actually means you're like really excited about what you're See, about to do on stage. Liam always tells me that the good thing about feeling butterflies and feeling nervous is he goes, anyone that cares about anything always feels those kind of feelings, but also it helps you remember you're alive. And then that would scare me because if you're alive... The opposite. It made me feel like my heart was going to stop and I was going to black out. And when right. you're alive, you can faint. You can't faint if you're dead. So I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm alive, so that means I can faint. And my biggest fear was fainting. I don't know what that was. Really? Like your head would black out and you would... And I'd just pass out. It almost happened when I was singing with Dolly. We were doing Jolene at The Voice. And I felt like I was going to faint. Well, who wouldn't but faint then, singing with but then Dolly I knew, Parton? But then I knew that she was there. And it made me feel so much better because... She was there, and I would have maybe like fallen back on her boobs and had a cushion and not cracked my skull. <laughs> I knew I was there with family, so it made me feel weighted. And so actually, when Noah's at shows, it helps me a lot. When my dad's there, it helps me a lot. It helps me a lot when my mom is there. Well, these are people you're familiar with. But my with. mom now has got her own show, so now my mom is like gone all the time and not well, on my show. I love your mom. She's fabulous. I do, I'm going to get her Don't tell her show. that you love her, because she's going to be like, give me the dimensions of your place. I'll redo your entire house. Bring her in. I love her. We ran into somebody. The other day, we were in like a Home Depot, and someone came up to my mom ignored me and told me how much they loved her show. And my mom's like, well, what are you here looking for? Let me show you. Oh my God, I just saw the most gorgeous towel. And like, I'm like, mom, we've got to go. She's like, they have got these doorknobs that are just fabulous and like being insane. So people really, really love her show. And I love that for her because she's always been behind the camera for me too. And now like getting to support her and she's doing her completely own thing. How much of your mom? She's always done all my own rooms. Well, how much of your mom is in you? I mean, have you gotten to hang out with my mom? No, that's what I'm saying. You would freak out. I am my mother. See, yes. But you're acknowledging it. You probably... It's bad. Okay, so when I say, like, just a second ago, I was telling you, when you were like, do you feel this, do you feel that? I said, I'm kind of both. This is what my mom does. I have to tell this story. This is ridiculous. But my mom got these new faucets in her house that she's redoing. And they're not really silver, and they're not really gold. They're kind of both, which is what I say about myself, about everything. Right. So now I feel like I can't say that I'm both about anything because I'm being my mom. And then last night when I was on Jimmy Fallon, I was doing the dance when I was doing the Jolene Subway. Right. And apparently I looked just like my mother. And this is something that when you're younger, it's harder to hear. Now I'm more down with it until I watch the voice back and I look like my mom at like an 80s rock concert anytime anyone of my kids kids are up on the stage. I have become my mother. Well, I won't tell her, but... She knows. Between, she texted no, me last night about Jimmy Fallon and said, oh my God, you were so good. You look so pretty. You are me. I'm like, uh-huh, well, that's know, my but, mom. But I won't tell her, uh-huh. but question. It's kind of an honor to be a little bit like your mom. I'm super you, down. You love your mom. It's better than my dad. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I And actually, when she said last night, she said, you are me. And I actually said I am you and dad because they love each other so much so I feel like hopefully of some way I'm radiating their love and my dad is like so deep and so about music he's the reason why I started Happy Hippie because he has always made charity the number one priority in our lives and then my mom when I say I want to start a foundation she's the first one to make it happen that's cool yeah my dad's the dreamer and my mom's the doer so if and when you become a mom do you think you'll be the same kind of mom I hope that I could be what my mom is because my mom is my best friend but she's my mom and that's what I love and she's got to be both I just respect her a lot. Don't tell her that either, because I have been horrible to her as a child. I was a nightmare. I was a nightmare. What do you mean? Okay, so like here's for example. So one time I really wanted to go to Waffle House when I was a kid. Who didn't love hash browns? It's the best. So I want to go to Waffle House. How How do you order yours? I was throwing a fit. Um... Golden, but now I can't get Waffle House that much because they've got mostly like 
pork belly, right. which I'm not really as into, um, and like <laughs> bacon and shit. Excuse me. There's not many vegans at Waffle House, but anyways, <laughs> I wanted to go to Waffle House. More it's than not anything. a vegan haven. Yeah, no. exactly. I wanted to go to Waffle House. I was being a brat about wanting to go, and so my mom locked me in the car and went and ate Waffle House sitting in front of the window, so I would have to watch her eat Waffle House to teach me. Like it was a big stupid lesson. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to break my mom's rearview mirror to make her know that I'm really pissed, but I decided to do it with my forehead. So I like bashed my head into the rearview mirror in front of a Waffle House to prove to my mom. And then she looks out and I'm bleeding and I've smashed my forehead and I've like had a complete meltdown. And this was all over Waffle House. This is so the saddest is, story ever, These are just by the, the little things. This is just how bad I wanted a damn waffle. Did you ever have the conversation with your mom years later? Like, you remember that day at Waffle House yeah, when I also, bashed my forehead? Yeah, also she got it at a Lexus and this is a really big deal my mom had just got her new Lexus and I like went out and put like my little pony stickers all over her Lexus was like obviously not allowed so she made me stand outside of the house with WD-40 for like four hours and get every single sticker so I don't think Lexus. you were any worse to your mom than most other kids were to their moms I mean I never I'm only my telling head. you the surface I'm I, not telling okay. you the dark shit so you, your, mom, your no. mom is scarred for life yeah my mom's scarred <laughs> okay do you meditate yeah do, I mean do I seem like I meditate or do yeah I no no I assumed you did I, mean, I do I guess I did that stereotyping. Well, she's a vegan, so obviously yeah, you know she meditates. she meditates. You know I can sit in Lotus like a motherfucker too. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, when you're on the road, I mean, do you have to find your private time just to like? I chill? do. It's kind of weird. Like I don't know. Most people I I hear too when they're on the road, they have a really hard time sleeping. I could sleep standing up. I don't want to get too deep or anything, but I do have to answer a question on your behalf that I want to ask. It's like, are you happy now? You seem I'm the like, happiest hippie of all. You sound like you're really yeah. really happy and you're cool with yeah. with you and everything going on. I'm happy to see you, and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to talk about my music and I'm happy with everything going on. I'm like, feel like this is what more could I want right now. When I saw you perform a couple of months ago at a big fundraiser here in New York City, yeah, you blew everyone away because I don't think anyone had seen you perform in a long time. Yeah. This is not to insult you or anything, but... Oh God, okay. No, 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 but you you were different than last time we saw you perform. You were so relaxed didn't seem like you were trying to do anything outrageous, overly fun, even though I'm sure you still have a big old ball of fun in you somewhere. You weren't swinging around on a wrecking ball. Yeah. You just got up there and you gave us pure you in this song you sang mm-hmm. to this huge multi-billionaire crowd raising money for yeah. New York City. And you just seemed so relaxed and so plugged into what you were doing. Yeah, I really wanted to do that with that night in particular. Everything that I do right now is I feel like people can really kind of see the truth of what's going on. When I saw you at your studio, and you remember I was in the dress that I had gotten in Malibu and the hat and whatever, and now today I want to wear a bow, and then maybe tomorrow I might want to wear something else. Because I think a lot of people, when they see me and they say I feel grounded or calm, sometimes they just also look on the outside or what I'm not doing, and they don't actually think, too, of like the music I think represents that so much stronger than anything else. And I hope Malibu and Inspired is representing that and that night I did talking about a revolution I think even that song could represent where I am right now too because I think a lot of the time for me people can be so like visual because I'm such a visual person of like sliding down a tongue or whatever it is right and they forget sometimes too to be able to listen to my lyrics and really see where I am too so I've tried to find that line and Dolly's found such a great boundary with that too who doesn't like, love Dolly Parton by that's the, the best way. I just show last night I told anyone that doesn't like Dolly Parton they're weird if I say you're weird you're really messed <laughs> up but I think she's found a great line of being able to be a performer, entertainer, have some sort of kitsch to her of fun and create a character, but still, like, you feel like you know her. You feel like you get to really hear who she is in her lyrics and, like, be personable rather than creating a character that you never feel like you could know. I'm going back to Wrecking Ball. I'm not going back to Hannah Montana, but Wrecking Ball time to now, every time you performed, were you being 
honest about who you were at that moment. Yeah. So when you were naked on a wrecking ball, you were that like, was it. I'm going to be naked on a wrecking ball tonight. Yeah. Because that night... Which is when- a lot more uncomfortable than people give me credit for. <laughs> they just said how racy ball. it is. They don't talk about how like brave. I mean, you don't understand. It's so that was really about bravery. You wanted to show people how brave I you were. I also wanted to show... I don't know what the hell I was doing. Okay, but the night uh-huh. you performed Revolution and you, know, you did this incredible show for us at this benefit here in New York City, I could have been sitting there with my eyes closed and I could visualize how honest you were being with the audience and you were being real you. Mm -hmm. So going from Wrecking Ball to now, we must assume this is how your life has... My life is always like that. I mean, right now, I've been spending a lot of time in Nashville and I've been missing home a lot. So the way that I work is I put out a song called Malibu and then I move back to Nashville. This is just the way that I am. I do a Wrecking Ball song and then I go and sing a Tracy Chapman song and then I move to Malibu and I put out a song about how much I love it and then I move. So that's just the way that I am. But I didn't move yet, but I'm thinking about it. But you seem very honest (laughs) in everything you're doing. Yeah. My next song called Tennessee will be coming out next summer. Okay. Yeah. Where will you live then? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to come out with like, yeah, I don't know, the Bahamas or something. You look at your journey, Miley, from the wrecking ball. Let's do it. To now. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here and form an opinion about where you were and what you were doing versus now. But what's your opinion of your work and, and where you are on your journey? I think every time you feel like you're a different version of yourself, but that same person is inside. What I love about being a kid, I got to go play baseball with my brothers and then I'd go take ballet with my sister. I could be those two people whenever I want. And as a kid, we're always allowed to do that. And as we get older, people say that if you change from day to day or if you change from a year to next year, that you don't know who you are, that you're lost. And I think that means that you're found if you say that, hey, today I may be this way. I may wear this, like, stupid bow in my hair and tomorrow I may not I don't like to label anything I don't like to label people's gender I don't like to label people's sexuality I don't like to label people so I don't think you should do that with anything that you make if it comes to art that's the worst way to stay creative is to give yourself a box or say that this is what I want to try to be or try to be the person I was three years ago or try to figure out who I'm going to be 10 years from now just enjoy the moment and be who you want to be right then and don't think about yesterday's and don't think about tomorrow you got to be present right now this was a great time Miley Cyrus, of course, Malibu is available now, and the album's going to be out, but not soon enough, in my opinion. Thank you. Thanks to our friends at Zico Coconut Water for supporting this amazing new fun podcast. If you haven't tried Zico yet, grab one today. If you like what you've heard, join the conversation on Twitter with hashtag LabelDefiers. Audiation.